I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oh, coming out guns a-blazing and oftentimes puns a-blazing. It's your old pals, Mm. Fitzy and Hart, here on Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you by WEI. Odyssey in 2400 sports. We are in the throes, if I dare say, of free agency 2023. Long having sailed past the legal tampering period. The actual action, if you will, the actual engine got going Wednesday afternoon. And I got to tell you, for everyone who uh, used all of their, I think the, uh, we like to say, Andy, like they were just giffing with us. Everyone who likes to use their Favorite gif or meme of Bill asleep on the train, Barbados, Belichick, that little figure with the stick poking the Patriots flying Elvis. Come on, do something. The Patriots were largely inactive, if you will, from the start of the legal tampering period till actual free agency. They did retain a few of their own. No marquee uh, Vegas neon marquee sign Hot blazing free agency signings, John Jones, Raekwon McMillan, Kyle Davis. However, after Jacoby Myers departs on what seemed like a pretty reasonable market value contract, three for 33 to a income tax-free state like Las Vegas to reunite with Josh McDaniels and the Raiders, the New England Patriots got busy yesterday afternoon, and they have, dare I say, been dominating the headlines the uh t- well as in not as in like look at the size of the free agents they got holy smokes back to the super bowl duck boats here we come rather just a constant flurry of rumors headlines uh interest etc highlighted of course by the biggest signing to date wide receiver juju smith schuster three years up to 33 million dollars it is really a three-year 25.5 million dollar contract with incentives and bonuses, maybe making it worth a Larry Bird, up to basically what uh, Jacoby Myers would, is going to earn with the Raiders. Your initial reaction when you found out that they swapped out uh, a Jacoby for a Juju? Uh, it Juju has talent. Juju obviously has ability. You're talking about a 100-catch, Pro Bowl, 1,400-yard receiver once upon a time. Um, feels a little bit like Devontae Parker from a year ago when you added a guy who, yeah, he's great, but... The butts are different. It's not health as much as Juju's at his best when somebody else really good is on the field with him, whether that yes. person is Travis yes. Kelsey or Antonio Brown. I don't know who else that's going to be really good will be on the field for him. I also, it feels like, and Tom Curran talked a little bit about this the other night on NBC Sports Boston, these, these moves where it seems like the Patriots draft or sign and then develop a guy and then are like, okay, you go and we'll spend money on something else that we don't know as well as we know you to mm-hmm. fill the void and it doesn't always work out it's like the devil you know the prospect you know the contributor you know why not just pay jacoby myers who's asking himself the same thing in this cold cold world of social media and the national football league business um so it's interesting because i i like that they did something i do mm-hmm. think he's a talented receiver again i feel like it's the same story i've been saying if he's your two you're really excited if he's your one, you're not so excited. <laughs> like, um, exactly. He's, he's exactly never been it. a one that's been productive. He's been a two that's been productive. And that's scary. I don't know what they're going to do. You know, maybe they're, they still have something up their sleeve. Maybe they're intending to use the 14th pick on a receiver. Maybe there's a trade still coming um, to you know, sort of uh, bolster that position. But I will say, at least they've done something. Like, through the first two days of free agency, it was basically – well, let me let me rephrase that. Through the first two days of legalized tampering, negotiating, yes. when everybody else was actually agreeing to deals and bringing in talent, Patriots were doing nothing. They've done stuff now. I'll, I'll report stuff. Um, I don't know how excited I am about it. I don't know if I'm ready to say. Am, am I even ready to say they're a better football team today than when they ended the season? I'm no, I'm not ready to say that. Well, um, no, they they are. They will be. I, you I, sure? I, will I'm, be. 
Maybe. I'm comfortable and confident in saying that they will be a better football team. Based on what? Bill O'Brien alone. Okay. Okay. But you yeah. still takes talent, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I, I think right now their talent may be commensurate to, if not slightly better. So far, their major losses, if you will, major, their more significant or notable losses are dismissing the punter. Fairly well, Jake Bailey. He'll be replaced. That loss will not be felt. And they let Jacoby Myers go, but they have replaced him with Juju Smith-Schuster, which in large part feels like a lateral move. Perhaps it's a lateral plus one. Oh, is that a shot at Jacoby? No, it's not, actually. Oh, I, I best known for a lateral that lost a game. Oh, oh you I are a bad guy. Oh. Foxborough fraud at its best. Kick oh. a man while he's down. In I should have said sidestep. It feels like a... Wow. It's a horizontal move, not a vertical move. See, look wow. what I did there. But it's burned in my mind because I was there for it. I'll um, never you, forget it. I'll never forget it. I'll get over also, it, but I'll never forget it. You also left out Devin McCourty and his 1,000 snaps played in the back end of the defense that was supposedly uh, the See, but the thing team. was, I prepared myself for the departure of DMAC long ago because they when didn't. he finished, I, apparently not. <laughs> Apparently, apparently not. You know, again, I'd like to go back to something you said. I'm not sure. We've done, oh, dang, so many shows together at this point. I can't remember. It was. I wanted to say, I didn't want to say, gosh darn, and I I didn't want to go full Philip Rivers, and I didn't want to take any Lord's Dag Nabbit. Oh, fiddlesticks. Uh, Rat farts. Uh, I'm not sure if it was here or if it was on the traditional broadcast waves where you said, one of the funny things when I say like no one's more prepared and no one's more laser focused on certain things than Belichick. And you said, yeah, but the problem is sometimes he gets so hyper-focused that he develops this myopic tunnel vision on something and forgets to do some other things like, oh, I don't know, develop succession and contingency plans for when players like Devin McCourty and Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman and Thomas Edward Patrick Brady decide to stop playing football, or at least for your organization. Let us hope right now with the re-signing of Jabril Peppers, uh, with Jalen Mills on the roster and the re-signing of Jonathan Jones, that somehow, somewhere, some way, there's a little bit of a fail-safe or fallback for the departure of DMAC. Yeah, I'm not sold just yet. Because the one thing that people Ever the skeptic, ever the skeptic. Okay, so Jonathan Jones, you think he might play safety, right? I still think it's going to be more Green Goblin than John Jones, okay. but what do I know? Either way, you need a corner. Either one creates mm-hmm. a significant hole at corner. Because I say, if you have Jack Jones, Jonathan Jones, Marcus Jones, every other Jones, and Jalen Mills at cornerback, I feel pretty good. Like, you have some bodies there. You're, like, you're building okay. depth. It's not great. You don't have a true number one. Even though we both and many other people that watch football and like exciting football would rather see... One of those Joneses on offense as opposed to defense, but here Correct. we are. Here we are. Um, and even if he moved to offense with the other three, you have some cornerback play. But if you start using Jonathan Jones and or Jalen Mills, well, that really undercuts your depth at corner. And I know you and everybody else hates Miles Bryant. And I, you know, you know who doesn't hate him is opposing offenses. They love him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any idea how many Miles Bryant jerseys are in circulation in Buffalo? Most popular player, not. Um, so I still think there is a um, there's some questions to be answered in the back end in the secondary. Again, they have the 14th pick in the draft. Maybe they take the best corner in the, the draft, Christian Gonzalez or Joey Porter. And we're getting excited about two young corners um, from last year with Jones. And then this year with with whoever they take. That's a possibility. I, I fully admit that. And then offensively. I don't know. I, I'm just not sold. Juju's going to work out like the thing we we led with that he's a good number two when he's on the field with somebody who's number one. I feel like, and and the flip side of that is Jacoby Myers produced for you on the field with no number one with him, kind of being the de facto number one. Now yes. he's going to a place where there's a real number one receiver. One of mm-hmm. the, maybe the number one receiver of the last five years in the National Football League will be getting the attention of the defense. Yep. So I feel like Jacoby has a very good chance to overperform his contract. And Juju has a chance to go down uh Nelson Aguilar road and underperform oh, his contract. No, and nobody wants to travel down Aguilar way. It's not a good, it's a terrible. Do you uh, eliminate the possibility? The lights are out. Uh, there's miscreants and hooligans yeah. everywhere. Do you eliminate uh, the possibility? I no, you can't. 
You okay, absolutely, you. you absolutely no questions, cannot. And, and I forget, thank you very much. Um, you are held forever in contempt of this in every court in the area, uh, especially that of public opinion. I forgot, Andy, uh, that we literally, literally wrapped our previous episode of Six Rings and Football Things, and then like 30 minutes later, Jacoby Myers signed. Yeah. So much so that, let's go ahead and roll the tape. Oh, wait, what's that, Producer Justin Turpin? Oh, you destroyed it on my at my request, like the Spygate tapes. Thank you. Where I said in the previous episode that Jacoby Myers was definitely going to re-sign with the Patriots. So he did. I'll take, I'll take my victory lap for that one. Uh, yes, the Myers thing. I was a little surprised Stands for wrong. Yes. And this stands for one of these, which I, I ate that L and I devoured it and it was delicious. No Chianti or Farva beans required. Uh, I was a little surprised. A lot of players were surprised that Jacoby Myers left. Uh, Jacoby Myers even quote tweeted the Ian Rappaport report or tweet, if you will, that Juju Smith-Schuster was signing with the Patriots for basically the same money. And he just wrote cold world lol. And then a lot of current Patriots players jumped into his mentions on Twitter. Can't believe this is the world we live in, but let's do let's, I hate it as well. Let's do business as business is done. Andrew, um, a lot of current Patriots players, Adrian Phillips, Matt Judon jumped into the mentions and said, uh, you know, it's all good. Glad you got that bag. We'll miss you. Blah, blah, blah. So you can tell he was, as we mentioned time and again, good community guy. Mac loves him. Solid producer on the field, even if you when you don't even factor in that he was an undrafted free agent. Now, when you think about where he came from to what he turned into, that makes it all the more impressive. But let's just look at the numbers and let's listen to the players. They liked him a lot. He performed on the field. So you kind of already had a facsimile of Juju Smith-Schuster minus the baggage, the history, or at least the TikToks and the enmity, if you will, that Pat's nation has displayed towards Juju. So now it's one of these deals where it's like, wait a second, you signed John Lackey. Like I loved hating that guy when he pitched for the angels. Now he pitches for the Red Sox. I, all right. If it ends in a world series and, or in this case, a seventh Lombardi, all will be good. If not, well, shit, I'm not sure how I feel about this. Yeah, all you frauds, if he has, you know, 100 yards Here in we the go. first game, we'll jump right on the Juju band. 12 wagon. minutes in, Terp, mark it down. We've got our first you frauds, you people. Here we are. You hated him when he was on the Chiefs. You hated him on the Steelers. You wanted no part of him, and he's one good game away from being, I love you, man. You're one of us. Meanwhile, Jacoby gave you four years and gave Bill four years, gave the Crafts four years, and they basically, the one thing I would say is, if he had gotten the bag, I'd understand it. He got like a little sandwich bag. <laughs> He didn't yeah, really he get, get a big know, bag. He he got like one of those nice, uh, good old, like when you see like at a construction site, like a nice, you know, uh, ergonomically sound lunch sack. Yeah, if it's you fine, will. but he bought it yeah. at Target. He did not get the the Yeti version that's like 200 nope. times overpriced. No, or no, no. Or even the, the, Yeti, the Yeti competitor. Nope. Like yeah, he Arctic got the Yeti Melgoff. RTIC, if they would like to sponsor this program, Absolutely. by all means, they I am a huge job. fan of their product. <laughs> or Zach. <laughs> Which Zach. works just as well as a Yeti. <laughs> I love that we're just chilling now for competitors of double vacuum insulated stainless steel. Damn right. Uh, cooling technology. That's fine. Any but, and all are welcome here. But the Jacoby thing, I just, you've, uh, there is definitely room for them to look really, really bad, in my opinion, by oh. letting him go for a non bag deal, basically a one year prove it deal with the Raiders. And signing Juju to more guaranteed money coming off a good year. And, and a, he's a good receiver when he's surrounded by other good receivers. I just, the, the, the M and M's or the uh, mm -hmm. Reese's PCs that ET left, like they're there. The trail is there for this to not end well in terms of an offseason. Now, maybe it will, maybe he's good. He's, he's got more big play potential uh, than Jacoby has. No question about that. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I don't know how to feel about it. And I use like people like you, and I don't mean that disparagingly this time. I actually just mean people like you, super fans, okay. like my son was, mm -hmm. I, I noticed he put on his social media, like he reposted just the Patriots um, Juju post. And like, he's excited. With him, yeah, it. like I'll give this organization everything. Thanks for believing in me. And he used the, the gif of the Patriots flag running across the field. Like, yeah, I just heard Orlando Brown on Get Up on ESPN saying like, my loyalty goes to whatever team. I'm the biggest fan of whatever team feeds me and my family. Right. Kind of like Matthew Judon last year or two years ago when he said, I didn't pick them. They picked me. They handed me the bag. 
So I'm just interested to see how this play out. And then the next one that I find actually more interesting okay. is the James Robinson signing. Two yes. two years, $8 million-ish, um, mm-hmm. max of $8 million. He I actually like because I think he's a buy low, high upside kind of guy. And he had net and for and for the record, this one came in last uh on late Wednesday evening as well. Uh Jacoby was out on Tuesday morning. Juju Smith Schuster was early Wednesday afternoon, the biggest signing to date thus far of the Patriots free agency period. Uh there's rumors, innuendos, and um uh Twitter chatter, if you will, to some of the other ones that we'll get to momentarily. But the other one of note Roger. thus far is James Robinson which basically spells the end for Damian Harris as RB1 slash two in Foxborough as well. Uh, Good run for him. Sadly, Mac loses another one of his dogs. But what this basically tells you is, and some have said, I've seen a little Twitter chatter, Andy, a little little twatter about the idea that this may just be a camp body, uh, like a, vet, a an established vet, vet, if you will, to push Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong Jr. I think, I, th- I honestly think that he was a little dinged up last year, looked good with the Jags, was surprising the Jags dealt him away. I think he's got a chance, you know, Ty Montgomery. I, there's no guarantee he's going to make the roster. Oh, I think rookies, he pushes him right off the roster. Yeah, that very, very well could be the case. James Robinson, if healthy, if he can perform at 80% of what he was a couple of years ago in Jacksonville, Still. becomes a nice compliment to Ramondre Stevens. He's good between the tackles, but he does have good hands. And so you could have a nice pass catching alternative. It is just a surprise once again to see somebody like Damian Harris comes in, performs well when healthy, runs like a mat, had 15 touchdowns for God's sakes in 2021. And now it's uh, thanks for the memories. Best of luck wherever else uh, the career road takes you. Yeah. I mean, we, I think, had the writing was on the wall when they drafted two running backs for Damian Harris. And then had he had a great year, maybe that changes it, although that probably would have accelerated his his trip out of town because of his value in the market would have gone up. Um, but as soon as they take both kinds of backs, a speedy back, a big back, kind of covering all their bases in their year, year too early mold that they do at a lot of positions, but most notably the running back position. Um, and then the Jane for Arben. Well, there was also that little thing. Um, the Remember the Patriot Way thing on Twitter with Slay yesterday that yeah. Harris kind of like – Quandre Diggs started that and Slay did. And now Damian Harris retweets it like. Yeah, he feels like he was gone. Um, And and it's actually fine with me. He was very obviously good friends with Mac. Um, I was never the biggest Damian Harris fan off the field. He always rubbed me the wrong way and I never understood it. I wasn't sure because I'm going to be totally clear here. This could be a me thing because he was always mostly professional and like did the job, talked Mm -hmm. like. He just always rubbed me the wrong way, personality-wise. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's these Alabama. Was it the barking? Was it the... No. Well, I don't know what it was. That's You ever just not really like somebody and you're not sure why and like you feel bad not liking them? And then you end up doing a podcast and a bunch of radio shows? (laughs) You just can't... Yeah, it's not fair. You know why you don't like me. Because I oh, shots I, at you all the time. Because, yes, we. I don't not like you. That was I'm just, just kidding. Perfect, I'm just kidding. I know. I know. This is. Uh, but no, a Damian lot of Harris, brotherly football love here. Um, no, it was. An, it was. What? Thank you for the wide open shot. It felt good. Now I apologize. No, I don't. Um, no, but like I get you. Like there. Like there are some people. Like Juju. He's a perfect example. He might actually be a really fun guy. Like he flips off the Pats fan wearing the Brady jersey in that one Instagram photo. Yet a year later, when he's still in Pittsburgh, some kid gets stiffed by his prom date. And out of the blue, he tweets out like, hey, Juju, want to go to the prom with me? Next thing you know, Juju shows up, gets him and all of his buddies, these super nice tuxedos, uh, goes to the dance with him, does videos, whatever, puts some shine on the kid and like this community. Like, so he does nice things. Like, it's just some people rub people. the right. And I get what you're saying about Damian Harris. No, this is not. Please. This is not one of those oh, classic Boston smear campaigns. I get it. Damian Harris always seemed like he was slightly maybe carrying himself above the fray. Like I'm not going to give you guys, I'm not going to give you guys any of my authentic feelings because you'll one day use them against me. So um, yeah, I'm just going to put on a like, just talk to us. So you felt it too. I did a little bit. And and I'm a, and like I said, I'm a huge fan. First time he got that big running touchdown in a game that will still always chat my ass that they didn't win the 2020 COVID game in Buffalo where cam, fumbled at the end of the game and they should have won that was i think that was damian harris's like first big touchdown run 
uh, for the Patriots. He was like taking over the RB1 duties. I was so fired up because I like I thought like, yes, we have an RB1. Look at the way he runs hard. He's like, we're gonna like we're gonna see the Patriots on angry runs with Kyle Brandt on Good Morning It's Football. Like, yes, great. And then 2021, he's got a bunch of time, but like I just was never able to with what's left of my dying fandom. Uh I was never able to like really make that full connection. So I get you. He always put up a little bit of an emotional firewall. Thank you. And, and and I always felt like he felt he was better than me. Like he's a little bit of a pseudo intellect that feels like he's the smartest man in the room. He's in like, amazing shape. He's really good looking. He's got velvety tones. He's rich. And he kind of lets you know. I probably would too. <laughs> but, but you know, like Matthew Slater is a Hall yep. of Famer yep. who's smarter than me, better than me, nicer than me, more jacked mm-hmm. than me, everything more mm-hmm. quotable than anything you think of. Matthew Slater is better than me. And not once have I ever felt that Matthew Slater feels like he's better than me. Nope. I got you. No, I, I get it. There's um, the difference. So there you go, folks. First part of the podcast today. Fare thee well, Jacoby. Hello, Juju. Adios, D. Harris. Welcome to town, James Robinson. Will he be more than a camp body? Is he the compliment to the Ramonster? Can Juju be a wide receiver one or a one a will he be the king of the twos in a room of twos and threes on a brand new or slightly evolved patriots wide receiver room is there another wide receiver to come a true number one coming to town via the draft free agency or trade we will soon find out we will address that coming up we've got uh more nfl free agency reactions including a big name finally dropping in the afc east and of course the mailbag is coming up so don't you go anywhere here on at six rings pod Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Andy, let's just get a couple of the other uh, Rumoritaville uh, Patriot things to date uh, before we look at some of the other signings that we love and don't love around the NFL. Uh, Right now, the Patriots are rumored to be connected to, uh, according to Ian Rappaport, uh, the Los Angeles Rams Taylor Rapp. I guess that I guess that's a player. What does he play? What does he do? He's a safety. Um, okay. Very he good. has played some free safety, but in my mind, my vision, my um, sort of watching him, he's more of a strong safety, which is mm-hmm. is strange for me because you mm-hmm. already have Duggar, Phillips, and Peppers, who everybody was excited to see him re-signed. Um, I don't think he's a replacement for uh, Devin McCourty in my mind. He's a young thick athletic safety but i i just mm-hmm. don't see him making his money in the back end in the way that mccordy did for a decade plus um but you know who knows bill has a strange way of sometimes appearing to create too much redundancy and then later you're like oh okay he was right this guy can play there this fits this this works together um, well it's competition it's competition which can always be a good thing especially when sure. you're rebuilding your roster and trying to keep up keep pace in the wild, wild, ever, ever, ever increasingly difficult AFC East. Like, for example, you know, the old I, I'm a big subscriber to you. You're you're never um, you're never upset that you have good football players. OK, so Correct. maybe they don't you know, it's not perfectly aligned with a depth chart that says free safety, strong safety, slot corner, outside corner. Maybe there's some. Um, but I would also say is rap better than Miles Bryant, who we joked about in the first segment. Most people seem to not want to see on the Patriots moving forward, even though they did tender him. If he's better than Miles Bryant, even if Miles Bryant theoretically is more of a free safety or a corner, Mm -hmm. who's the better football player? I'll take the better football player. And then I'll ask Gerard Mayo and Steve Belichick to figure out how you're going to deploy these 15 to 17 rotational bodies that you're going to use on any given play any given week. 
you know you're going to keep Jabril Peppers. You know you got Adrian Phillips. You know you got, you're looking to extend, uh, or at least I believe, I think most of us believe they're going to try to extend Kyle Duggar. So that Plus makes a lot him. of sense as well. Oh, get out of here. Zero chance. Come on. I've heard no. Zero chance. Nah. All right. 5%. What if he said, I want the Jamal Adams contract? Bye. <laughs> bye. Yeah. Bye. We'll take the uh, two first. I don't think they'll ever uh, get two first round picks for him in exchange. No, no, no. But no. Yeah, I'm just saying bye. he's in that range where. Yeah contract resigning value starts to come into play and you always have to be cognizant of that and the business side of things and it's just the reality pats don't want to build one of those star heavy uh salary top heavy rosters they like to spread it out obviously so yeah they don't no, like I, stars they won yeah. way too many games when they had stars on this roster exactly they had just a couple who carried them for a long time we don't need to go down that wormhole or travel that bumpy Turbulent road again. Uh, okay, we so do need to touch on um, Riley. They Reef. lost out on one guy. I did. I did want. No, uh, but we got to talk about Riley Reef first. That may be the biggest signing. That is the biggest. I I wanted to talk about the fact that they let Juan Thornhill uh, well, go to negative. the Browns. You're all What's about that? losing. What are you talking about? Losing players, losing games. I'm about winning, and I think you win something by adding a tackle option who has started 150 games in the national football yeah team. which means he's also played for a long time and he's in negative. his mid-30s it's always negative and, with you it's dude, always negative all right why uh, <laughs> I've had enough. why why oh why do you think the patriots they have trent brown for one more year i guess this indicates that they're uh it's more probable than not he'll play left tackle this year okay. final year of his deal uh, a motivated Trent Brown looking probably for one more contract is probably the best Trent Brown the Patriots could get this year. And they have now decided to have a uh, a bum fight in an alley between Calvin Anderson, Riley Reef, Connor McDermott, Andrew Stuber, and probably one other warm body for right tackle this year. A, you know, you, you don't have to pay the top money Kansas City did or that Cincinnati did for Orlando Brown. Um, they kind of uh, didn't, though. No, uh, no, they the actually got him. Is they got him. For, he got wait. Kansas City paid sixteen million dollars more for a tackle from Jacksonville to replace Orlando Brown when Orlando Brown was widely seen as the best available tackle, and everyone says that the kid from Jacksonville now with Kansas City can't run block worth a toot. Yeah, no, I, which was I actually don't strange if I'm Kansas City. Um, we've talked a little bit about like protecting Mahomes is certainly right. in the passing game. Good is pass blocker, yeah, bread and butter, but. Orlando Brown, I didn't think, got a crazy contract. I know he got a lot of guaranteed money, mm -hmm. but over a short, relatively short four-year Four for deal. 64, yeah. yeah. That's not a crazy contract to me. If For a team that's really mm -hmm. looking to solidify a tackle spot. Now, if you want to tell me he's not that good, maybe he's the most overrated tackle in football if you want to go down that road. Okay. I don't believe so. I, I don't either, but we can have that discussion, that argument. But the deal, contracts, I mean, Joe Tooney got, what, 80 two million from kansas yeah City he got five year. for five for 80 or five five for 82 and a half yeah that was a lot so of money you got he's gonna play that whole deal out because he's still playing at an extremely high level oh absolutely i'm just saying if you really targeted the the tackle market and that's not a uh deal that makes you so well we can't go there we can't do that so All right, so tell me why you like this riley reef deal then because it's just like all these guys. Oh, and Yad the Bod, Yadney Yadney could just is back as well. So you have five people that are going to be fighting it out for the right for for two jobs. They need a right tackle and a swing. You got five for two. So there you were talking earlier about building depth, having contingency, a redundancy of talent or lack of talent to find out who's the best available and what's in the best interest of the football team. Riley Reef may have been on his last legs last year, and those weren't exactly the sturdiest legs in town. Why do you think this is a good signing? Because it adds competition. It, it adds not just jag bodies or unproven. Like, we've been talking up Stuber. For all we know, Stuber can't play, and he's not an NFL player. Like, Could Riley yeah. Reef is an NFL player. He's long in the tooth. Yes, he's 34 years old. Um, mm -hmm. You're not looking for him to be the centerpiece of your line for the next five years. I still think drafting a first or second round tackle is very much a possibility because they've done it a lot. I, I always say the Nate Solder one is the perfect example. You bring that light back then you draft nate solder and it's like what the hell are you doing well nate solder's be going to become the foundation of our line he's, he's drafting behind him to watch and learn for a year Correct. but who i'm that was going to be my next question so uh i'm glad that you were kind of on the same page here 
to the Patriots fans, before we get to the mailbag, do you believe that the tackle position is locked up for the long term or could tackle still be on the table for a first round pick? I don't even know if tackles locked up for this year, never mind the long term. While I like the competitive depth, the idea that you have an old veteran, then you have Anderson, who maybe is a hitting his prime untapped resource kind of guy. Mm-hmm. You got an unknown in Stuber. You got your holdover in McDermott. There's bodies there that you can. I mean, let's be honest. You at this time a year ago, you, me, not you. Pe- well, you know what? You people and okay. you. The team and you people, okay. Convinced me that Cam McGrone was going to be a linebacker in the National Football League, right? And and he is. It just happens to be for another team. And he just happens to be irrelevant. So you don't have to convince me all offseason that Stuber is the answer. He might be the answer. McDermott might be the answer. Anderson might be the answer. I'm a big believer if you have a lot of ifs, you usually go about 50-50 on ifs. They have enough bodies at tackle now. If they go 50-50, they should end up with two starting tackles for this year. Not long-term. That's why I still think a draft pick, and I also don't rule out if a draft pick came in, that he could start. Like, you, okay. you, you've created competitive depth. That's all you've done, but you didn't have competitive depth last, last year. You oh, weren't no, solidified. No, no, no. I mean, Connor McDermott had to come off the streets to finish out the final third of the season and bring some, oh, my God is I believe how Bill Belichick described Connor McDermott. Oh, my God, thank God we have him, or something to that effect. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Oh, but the desperate times, the dark times that have fallen upon the empire. Yeah, no, he he played reasonably well at the end of the season. He kind of, like, shored up a position. Re, re, I said All he had to do was not suck. As yes. Lou Maloney likes to say, all he had to do was just suck a little because everybody else before That's him it. sucked big time. And Isaiah Wynn, oh, what a talk about a tragic turnaround. Comes in with all that hype, hope, and potential. First round pick out of Georgia, always in the college football playoffs. He's quick, got fast feet, got a nice mean streak about him, falls apart, just a terrible tenure on the shelf half the time. Now he's talking, uh, you know, he's protecting tweets. Uh, he got guys. What was uh, his douchey tweet? He's like, like saying like the conversation starts at a certain amount of money. Like if you're not you rich, to... don't talk to him. Is it something like that? Basically. Who, who are you to tell us with who the way the you play? Do you think you Whoa! are? I do not like that. man. I do not like that man. F-bomb alert. F-bomb I do not alert. like him. Wow. When he, when he gave Mike at uh, Mike Reese attitude, oh. you, you went too far. Who dare give the great Mike. I Reese like to bust Mike guff. Reese's balls, but. Isaiah Wynn was we love a the man. Dink. Right. Isaiah Wynn was a dink to Mike Reese. And I'm sorry, you crossed a line there. Now you're being a dink in general on social media. You were a dink to Phil Perry, who was just asking oh. very reasonable questions. I think it's quite clear. Isaiah Wynn is simply a dink. Yeah, it's a shame. I I never I never knew that. I didn't see that coming at all because he he eschewed all of this positivity on Twitter and uh was always retweeting positive uh memes and expressions. You should like turns him. He was a fraud. Oh, come on. I was, I, you know what? I I took, I took the, uh, I took the inspirational thirst trap. I did. I fell for it. Shame on me. When the going got tough, he revealed who he really was. Damn shame. It's a damn shame, but good luck. Fare thee well. Best of whatever. Yeah. Fair ye, fair ye, fair ye, F you. Adios. Take care. Don't let the door hit you with a good Lord split you. We got us five tack. Oh God. Who knows who's going to be the tackle. I still think it's a priority in the draft. My guess now is the Patriots would look to address it. Maybe not in the first round. I bet it's still, they trade back, go corner or defensive end just to surprise everybody. Maybe get a tackle in the second or the third round. I'm sure there's plenty of them out there. Um, But there's no marquee talent to have been brought in thus far, free agency-wise, at tackle. A couple other free agency issues I'd like to discuss with you. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers thing is officially still unofficial, but it's official. He wants to play for the Jets. That's where he'll play if he plays anywhere this year. There's a holdup of June 1st. They can split the cap money in Green Bay a little bit this year, more next year. It becomes better for them. The Jets want him in the house now. Aaron Rodgers, you want to talk about being a dink, trying to, you know, he wants Green Bay to make this happen for him. He wishes they were more transparent and honest with him. I think he's full of shit. Um, whoa, whoa. Oh, well, listen to who just dropped the F-bomb moments ago on this family podcast. Um, You know, I don't think Aaron Rodgers should be in any position, any position at all to be, you know, telling Green Bay to make this happen as quick as they can 
so as to allow the Jets to pursue more free agents to enable him to pursue the championship that has eluded him. You know, all these years when Green Bay loaded up the team to help him get to the NFC championship, the NFC championship, he would gag in time and again. Like, he's really frosted my tips. And that's not just because he's going to be likely playing quarterback against a team the Patriots have kept under thumb for decades on end. You know my rule. Entertain me. He's kind of been entertaining me this, the way he's – it's not my team. I would hate it if I were the Packers. I'd probably hate it if I were the Jets. But just as a uh, unbiased onlooker from afar, mm-hmm. um, he's kind of entertained me the way he's handled this. And I'm kind of looking forward to him with the uh, chappage on his assage, um, mm-hmm. looking to make a comeback story, do a one-year glory to the Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Super Bowl rebound, the whole thing. Um, even listening to some of the comments, um, you know, the, the Adam Schefter thing, him and Schefter going back and forth and all of that, he's kind of entertained me of late. And, um, I hope he lives up to it because the only thing that would suck the life out of this retroactively is if he goes the Russell Wilson route and he stinks and he's not, well, it'd be fun for the first five or six weeks. And then yeah. we would all look to the Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night football games that the Jets are going to be a part of. And you can get everyone get used to it right now. Get used to Kelly Green and White on your television screens. Gang Green going to be all up in your broadcast biz this fall. There will be a lot of New York Jets primetime games this year. And if they come out firing, you know, all, all Broncos country, let's ride guns blazing, it's going to be a disaster. It'll be fun for the first couple of weeks. But right. like with Russell Wilson last year, it was like, oh, please, can we just make this stop? This is right. awful. When we realized they had a terrible coach and a terrible quarterback, it really wasn't all that fun. <laughs> it really wasn't at all. Oh, it was a miserable experience for one and all. I'd I'd love for him to make the Jets better, raise the level of competition. Careful. Careful. All season. Oh, come no, it'd be fun. Like game on. Let's go. Oh, last place is fun. I didn't say last. Uh, no, but Vegas does. I know. God, the odds got worse yesterday. Patriots, depending on where you look, folks, right now, uh, between BetMGM, FanDuel, Caesar Sportsbook, at all. Anyone, if you want to sponsor the podcast, call us. Yeah, by all means, please. <laughs> Hello, FanDuel, uh, are between plus 700 and plus 1,000 to win the AFC East. That's just to win the AFC East, not make it back to the Super Bowl and take home the Lamar Hunt Trophy as American Football Conference champions. They are clearly established and entrenched as the last place favorite in the eyes of Las Vegas for the 2023 season. And it's because teams like Miami have made big splashy signings and trades. It's because the jets went out and got Aaron Rodgers and had a roster built to win. It's because Buffalo only really has lost Tremaine Edmonds thus far. And let's be honest. They may be swapping out Devin Singletary for another big back built to run in Buffalo weather. Like Andy, wouldn't it make all the sense in the world for the bills to pursue a Zeke Elliott? Uh, Zeke Elliott. I know there were rumblings of the Cook brothers having a uh, brotherly love backfield in Buffalo. Uh, so yeah, they, there's some interest there. Just came to me. If oh, if... Dal- Dalvin Cook in Buffalo. Mm, just saying, might be wow. fun. Wow. If um if the successful longtime owner of the Chiefs had been uh, his first name been Michael, what do you think they no. would have named the? All uh, right, moving trophy. on with the rest of our free. Aid. It's please just because it's a new segment on our show. Just because you think it, you don't have to say it. <laughs> um, oh, look at now. He's he so probably would have been like M Lamar hunt. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. M Lamar. Hunt. Um, oh, that would be interesting in Buffalo. Buffalo, obviously tr- uh, kicking some salary cap down the road yep. so that they could free up some cash now to be able to pursue somebody. So it could be Dalvin cook. Maybe a trade for Derrick Henry. Zeke, Zeke Elliott would make a lot of sense. They need a big back who's used to running in crappy weather. I need, I'm going to put you on the record right now, and I, I know you hate to do this. You hate mm-hmm. to be definitive, especially after you were so definitive about Jacoby Myers returning to the Patriots in our last podcast. Nailed but it! On March the 16th, as we record this podcast, will the Patriots finish in last place in the AFC East? No. Will they finish above third place? No. So the third place Patriots will finish above. Who will be last place? Do we lose? Mm, It will be Baha Miami. Baha Miami. Uh, Miami. I thought for a second, is there any chance Buffalo? No, they're still too good. Well, there is. Josh Allen breaks his leg. 
Sure. I still think, yeah. Or, or, or his UCL tears completely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's why I wanted to maybe say Buffalo. No, Miami's make, you know, listen, Hey, that Miami could either be 13 and four, or they could be nine and eight or eight and nine. Like they've made a lot of, they've made some good moves. There's plenty of talent down there, but the quarterback position, like if Tua gets his bell rung again, or just isn't good enough, uh, which would be most unfortunate. Mike White will keep them in games, but I didn't the say white Mike man White for the job. Oh. <laughs> Our next, are you going to start telling me about how, what a big fan you are of white power? Uh, no, no. Okay, good. No, just, wanna, just all right. Um, please, but please no, don't cut I, that. Up. I find the AFC East really interesting. And I know Patriots fans want to get defensive. Christian Fourier started it yesterday. He mm-hmm. thinks it's a good thing that Aaron Rodgers is going to the jets yeah, he thinks that he doesn't think he's going to be good at all. Why? Why? We might have a banged up finger. Okay. And yeah, he's had some issues in recent day, but holy smokes. What? I really? Don't get it. I think you're I right. I think if the Patriots don't finish in last place, it's because Tua and the Dolphins had issues, had problems, fell back. I think the Jets and the Bills are going to finish in the top two spots in either order. I don't rule out mm-hmm. the Jets winning the division. I like their defense a lot, I like their talent. They are, and I think if Aaron Rodgers, if we can say his thumb was a big reason for some of the interceptions in the way he played last, or just he was not engaged and invested, he was the Trent Brown of their offense. If that's all true, I think the Bills and the Jets are the top two teams in the AFC East, and you better hope you beat the Dolphins and try to contend for one of those three wildcard spots. Yes, uh, that's exactly where you should be. And it seems as though, you know, people mentioning that the Patriots stayed out of the initial wave of free agency through legal tampering and the start of it. They always now we're getting do. into what their classic like second wave. They're getting into their classic second wave. They do have 11 draft picks coming up. It looks oh, like wow. Bill Belichick is building a roster. One of those classics, fundamentally sound, top to bottom, depth at every position, Star-less like you said earlier. Lucky. Mostly star-free, highly competitive, one to fifty-three. Where's, Where's Gronk? Where's Edelman? Where's the number one corner? Retired, retired, retired. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I know. Well, we'll see, and that's why they bet you best like be setting expectations for a team that'll likely be in a lot of games. Maybe not necessarily like not as not as offensively anemic as last year. Hopefully, defensively sound and. 10 and seven with a shot at the wild card and then maybe going on the road and being the tougher team. That's likely your best case scenario. I look, I have to stay like my motto is steer into it. This is the reality. Andy, they don't have the star quarterback right now. They're not, they're not explosive to date. There's no one single playmaker whose Jersey we're buying, who we're telling kids watch the highlights of, but they might be a good competitive or competitive adjacent. As I like to say, team. All right. There we are. It's going to hell, dude. It's not even St. Patrick's Day. And we're trying to figure out what the Patriots record is going to be in early November. Like it's it's not an easy game. They haven't won free agency with the big splashy signings. They also haven't embarrassed themselves or peed down their leg right now. They're where they've been for the last couple of years. Somewhere in the middle. Stuck in the middle. I guess that's where it is. Any other free agent signings stand out that you like, you love, you loathe uh, before we get to the mailbag? Um, no, not real. Like I, what's the biggest deal? What's like, what's the biggest transformational deal? Like Orlando wanna, Brown might be one of them. Cause it's huge Joe for them. Burrow, yeah. That's, that's a, so if they keep T Higgins, which mm-hmm. by all accounts, they're keeping T Higgins. If Lael Collins, who tore his ACL sadly on Christmas Eve against the Patriots is able to come back and play half of the season next year. Uh, they'll obviously try to patchwork. Ha- uh, one side of their tackle line with, uh, I don't know, a rookie, a camp body, someone who's on the roster. But Orlando Brown locking up the left side for Joe Burrow. Good. That's a big deal for them. I just want to get, you know, you know what I wanted to get a quick take on? What? What do you make of the <laughs> running back carousel? Miles Sanders leaves the Eagles. Um, Miles Sanders leaves the Eagles to go to the Panthers. Um Jamal Williams goes to go leaves the Lions where he loved life to go be with the Saints. They're all on comparable deals too, like three years, $18 million. David Montgomery leaves the Bears to go to the Lions, who had Jamal Williams, who loved it there, and they seemed to love him. But like I it's just interesting little round. It seemed like everybody was just trading parts and no one is better or oh, and Rashad Penny goes from Seattle to Philadelphia. 
all mid-tier running backs, and I see how that happens. Like, the running back position is a weird one. We've talked about it in terms of the draft or free agency or signing a guy to an extension. Um, if he's good early in his contract, all it's a tough position to value. You know, you can kind of always get one, I think, is starting to become um, maybe the way it is. Damian Harris still on the market as a guy who – Damian Harris is a 1,000-yard rusher. He can give you double-digit touchdowns. Like, he, he can help a team. He probably um, probably will. So mm -hmm. yeah. it's just that weird value of, of buyer, you know, I beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Like, Hey, I know our guy's good, but I kind of like that guy over there. Why don't we swap him out? Cause our guy's not great. That guy's not great. Same world of finances. It it's the nature. I think it's just the nature of the running back position now. Yeah. It's, I, it was very interesting because if all of those guys stayed where they were, I think all of the teams that made moves at running back in the mid tier running back carousel, as you described it, would be about the same. So I was kind of, I'm just kind of curious why everyone decided to make those moves, but they did. And that's just the nature of the beast these days. All right. One more segment to go. Hope you enjoyed our little free agency breakdown thus far throughout the NFL as well as New England. But it's time to get into the at six rings pod mailbag. All right, Andy, we put the call out to the Foxborough faithful, the Pats people, and beyond. We were looking for their questions. Uh, that we could provide rapid-fire answers to. So you put out the tweet. I retweeted it, and we got a lot of questions. We got about 10, 12 minutes to race through all of them. So here we go. On your marks, get set. At Warren Lads, WLad73, our pal from the UK Patriots fan club, do you think a big move is coming, or has the modern way passed Belichick by? That's an interesting either or. Do I have mm -hmm. to actually pick one of those? Because I do not think a big move is coming. Um, I know people are trying to talk themselves into OBJ or maybe there's a trade. I guess Jerry Judy, like different things that would be considered big moves. Um, I'm not sold that's necessarily going to happen. I also am not necessarily sold that the game has passed Bill by. Um, mm -hmm. Do I still think he is inherently an economics major out of Wesleyan? Do I think that holds him back at times? Is he a little too frugal? Is he... I do think that's a part of it in a world where the Rams and different teams go all in and spend money and do like all of that. Um, so it's in the middle somewhere. And by the way, Warren, uh, looks like you're having a tremendous vacation in Rio and South America and yeah. enjoying yourself quite well down there based on social media. And hopefully we'll see our old pal Warren and some of the UK Patriots in Germany this fall as well. Thanks for the question, laddie. Chad Foster uh, at Chad F. Martin. Do you think the Juju Smith-Schuster signing would have been met with less vitriol if they'd signed someone like D-Hop or OBJ first? I'm on board with a Myers upgrade, but Juju as a number one doesn't give me good feelings. Yes. If they had done both of those things, we talked about it. The, the first thing you think of is Juju is when he's the two, he's pretty good. When he's the one, he's not as good. When he has an all-pro Hall of Fame talent with him, he can definitely be second fiddle. Mm -hmm. Can he be first fiddle? Maybe you're going to find out. We'll see. Maybe one of those other moves was, will still be uh, coming. But I do think it would be received differently. Also would be received differently, I think, if if the Myers contract had not been so easy to sign. If You you could have signed both of them if you wanted. I think that might have been received differently. Like There's a lot Ooh, of ways that, it could have been received it, differently. That would have been interesting if you decided to go with a Myers-Juju bookend. And then we'd be here like, ugh. Now you got two number twos on the outside. Oh, if you combine the two of them, I'd rather have a legitimate num high price number one. Yeah. We'd be going down a different road here. Um, okay. Interesting question. Uh, uh, here's one. Uh, Stephen Cobb. Is Ty Montgomery still on the roster? And do you th if so, can we expect anything from him? He is still on the roster. Uh, I happen to think the James Robinson addition probably pushes him off the roster. Now, who knows? Injuries and you know things play out in training camp and competition. He looked pretty good last year, but you also have to remember, it's been a long, long time since he was really a productive, contributing NFL playmaker on offense. Um, so I, I think Robinson takes his roster spot. At Matt underscore Murden. Now that we've signed Juju, yes, Murden was the case that they gave me. Now that we've signed Juju, do you think we try to acquire another receiver? Uh, by the looks, it seems like we're out on D-Hop and Judy. Uh, editorial note, uh, word, rumors, and such were that the Broncos were looking for at least a first-round pick for Jerry Judy. I'd probably pay it. That's an editorial note. Uh, what, do you think, what do you think the Pats are looking at for additional wide receiver help? 
uh, well, the the rumored interest on OBJ or the or the legitimate interest because they mm-hmm. were at his workout yep. where they're willing to go. These mm-hmm. rumors that he's still looking around twenty twenty million dollars a year. Nuts is nuts. And but I don't fault an agent for putting that out there because maybe sure. somebody pays it. Like, oh shoot, yeah. you said yes. <laughs> oh great. Uh, we never thought anybody be that dumb. Um, do you like? So I'll turn this around on you. Let's both like. Do you think there is a bigger veteran wide receiver move coming? At this point now, I don't. I don't either. I think I, I really don't. First or second round wide receiver pick coming. I still think that's a possibility, whether it's Zay Flowers. There's a bunch of slot guys available in the middle of the draft. So how would you feel possible. if they took your your, your guy? Maybe they don't get your guy, Hendon Hooker, Hendon Hooker. But what if they get his guy Hyatt? Like, I, I think that kid's that. got high upside in the he, second he, round. He definitely has upside. And I think there's a lot of upside wide receivers in the second day, um, mm-hmm. which is part of why as much as I love Zay Flowers, I just don't know that it's good value to take Zay Flowers in the first round, given your other needs and opportunities mm-hmm. and all that. When I do think there are some decent, re- the problem is, are any of them the guy? We're still looking for the guy. We're still looking for Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, AJ Brown, Tyreek Hill, the guy no. who changes everything. No, between Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith Injiba, I think your top three wide receivers, even Quentin Johnson out of TCU, they're all good guys, but I don't believe they are the guy. But doesn't history tell us probably one of them is? Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and find out. I would Pick love the right Jaylen one. Hyde well, from the Tennessee. Patriots always nail wide receiver picks, so they'll get the right one. Oh, was that necessary? Yes, it was. Did you That's see Tyquan Thornton put on some weight? He did. I I, I love that. All, all those workouts he's been getting in with future Patriots Hall of Famer uh, Bailey Zappi as well. Patriots Elite News at RSS Feed Patriots. Any updates on tight end Mike Gesicki? There was a bit of a stir Wednesday night when word leaked out that Mac Jones out of nowhere decided to follow uh, Dolphins tight end or free agent tight end Mike Gesicki on social media. And then Mike Gesicki followed the New England Patriots. Now, normally... Football players don't start following the New England Patriots. As a matter of fact, they are loath to talk about in any complimentary fashion the New England Patriots, let alone follow them on social media, unless they're likely to be intertwined, entangled, or employed by them. Mike Kosicki never actually played for Bill O'Brien at Penn State, but he was recruited to go play at Penn State by Bill O'Brien. So there's a bit of a connection. Now there's obviously familiarity between Bill Belichick and the Patriots and Kosicki. Gasicki's been a bit of a Patriots killer because he played five years with the Dolphins. And the aforementioned Christian Fourier has said time and again that he believes he still has potential galore to be tapped into because he could jump out the building. And he also does a worse gritty than Mac. Your thoughts? And they they need a tight end. They yeah. removed Jonu Smith, whatever you think of him, from the depth chart. They need at least one tight end. I would like the Gasicki signing now. I don't know what his open market value is. I don't know how much you're going to have to pay him. I think he'd be a really nice addition to Bill O'Brien's sort of toolbox and the ability to put mm-hmm. a lot of different formations on the field, personnel groups, um, as you divvy this out. Because as much as we sleep on guys, let's say Ramondre Stevenson, let's say James Robinson, hell, let's say Pierre Strong has a strong sophomore season, does some good things. Tyquan Thornton, like there's a lot of different potential mixes and matches of personnel. And I think Gasicki yes. would be really nice in there depending on what the value is. I, 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 if you have to overpay to get him, do I think he's the transformational player we just talked about? No, I do not mm-hmm. think he's the transformational player we just talked about. He'd be a nice addition to the toolbox. Yes, I, if if we're talking like a three-year deal for $7 million a year, I'm fine. If we're looking at another one of these Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith deals, outbidding the competition, hell no. That's way too much money. But could he, could he be a very productive player in New England? Oh, hell yeah, he could. Uh, Buckley's at Buckley stuff thoughts on getting Braxton Berrios back in Foxborough. Uh, sure. Uh, camp body, uh, upside body. Uh, I kind of like the idea that let's say we're right. Let's say we're right about Marcus Jones and they want to make him a full-time offensive player, even though he says he doesn't want to be that Berrios could take some of the return load off of Marcus Jones's plate, be an extra guy in the passing game, or you could just cut him like, I would not mind him as a camp body, a, a third-tier signing to fill out the depth chart. We've talked about this, the the Christian Wilkerson's, the Trey Nixon's. You're going to fill out a wide receiver depth chart. If you have Braxton Berrios in that mix, I don't hate it. 
Got a couple more for you here. Um, uh, at Dynasty Driven, what the hell are they doing? Um, well, they're doing value-based signings in an attempt to add uh, depth of talent to their roster. How's hey, that go? Very good. Uh, at any Patriots talk one, do you think Borner Parker are locks to make the team? No, I do not think they are locks to make the team. Uh, they're trending in the right direction. Would it surprise? Would it shock me if both were cut? Yes. Would it surprise me if one was cut? No. Uh, exactly. Yeah, it would. It would very much surprise me. But I would put a lot of guys. Is Trent Brown a lock to make the team? Uh, lock? No. I think it pretty damn certain he's got to make the team. I mean, he's got a high cap. His, I believe his cap figure is 12 million on the team and 1.2 dead if he's off the team. So if you drafted a tackle at 14 and he's the starting left tackle and you get Riley Reef to play right. The most certain proof that Bill Belichick does have a grudge against and is exhausted by Mac Jones would be trotting out Calvin Anderson and Riley Reef as your starting tackles to get this guy myrtleized. I'll see. Great run. No, I think Trent Brown is kind of a lock. Okay. I don't know if any of them are locks. Joel from Hull at Joel Shapiro 20. Do you think the Patriots should pick up a middle linebacker via trade or free agency? Uh, I don't think. Because there is rumor, Andy, that uh, the Patriots are to be in touch with uh, linebacker Nicholas Morrow. They've been in touch with from Chicago. Chicago signed a couple of high price. They got TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, And Andrew Van Ginkle. Yeah, from Miami. Now they brought in David Long from the Titans, who football hardos love. But the football hardos also love Andrew Van Ginkle. Yeah, what, who doesn't love a Van Ginkle in Foxborough? I first of all, I love the first name. I love the mm-hmm. last name, oh. and I love linebackers. So he's an athletic young linebacker that can play some special teams that would mm-hmm. add to the mix. I don't, I don't hate that idea. So give me a discount, Kiko Alonso, Andrew Van Ginkle. Right. Like I, I'm I'll all take for it. it. I'll all take for it. it. Uh, again, I don't know how much he's asking for. I don't know what the market. I don't want to pay him a ton, but need another van linebacker with a van in the, you know, he always takes off and has his best career time with the Patriots. And he has long hair. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Looks like our, am I down with AVG? Yes. You know me. I think we got one more question. Oh, here we go. Got to end on the big question. Uh, At Sridic, S-R-Y-I-D-C. Don't know what that an acronym for, but that's all right. What's the best flavor of Pop-Tart? I'll start unfrosted blueberry. Uh, isn't it frosted cinnamon? Uh, oh, you like frosted cinnamon? Yeah. I I got to be honest. I love s'mores. The s'mores Pop-Tart is excellent. Well, I also, can we start with... Frosted as, strawberry, though. Oh, For as bad as they are for you, they're overrated. Like... Not never been a real big pop tart. I used to eat a lot of pop tarts. That's why mm-hmm. I was fat, Andy. There's no doubt yes. about that. But as like, did I as well. The edges suck. Like they're the, a the, waste. They're like the crust on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You, you gotta if you're a true fat kid, you you get rid of them. You Andy. Like, now I know you're a PB and J guy, and I also mm-hmm. I I celebrate the entire. You are the PB and J guy that doesn't play in the NBA or, or is it not in fourth grade. Maybe you're still in fourth grade forever. I love any and all variations of a peanut butter sandwich. On its own, on toast to start the day, peanut butter, banana. I do peanut butter with bread and butter pickles. That's a Midwestern delight. Don't knock it till you try it. PB&J, peanut butter with hot honey is also amazing. But I think I've seen you have this before. And here's a little hack for everyone at home. Don't use traditional crusted bread. You get like the nice like sandwich roll. Like I think uh, like a a potato, like a potato bun with a PB&J. A potato hamburger bun PB&J is phenomenal. Goat. Go to go to snack sandwich on the fly. Good energy. A couple apple slices. Here we go. I don't like that noise. Can you not do that ever again while I'm on the podcast? <laughs> on the podcast that's gonna... Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, can, can you not <laughs> do that in your own time? Um, yeah. And, and the best thing about them is if you buy the big package of rolls and have burgers oh. with the family, usually there's yep. like a couple left over. Those yes. are the sandwiches, the PB&J sandwich opportunities mm-hmm. for the rest of that week. So you don't waste the leftover hamburger rolls because we're not having hamburgers again for a week and or whatever. they don't stale up. And next thing you know, it's like, ah, what's these, right. th- these three hard buns here? And you're, and then exactly. Andy yells across to Mrs. Hart, like, I've got two hard buns for you Why right here. third hard bun? And, and then she's, <laughs> and then I don't care if you got three hard buns and one ass cheek. I'll still beat your ass. Uh, and it just turns into a whole fracas. So, yes. Um. Answer to your question, my personal favorite, if I had only one Pop-Tart, I would go Frosted Strawberry, Unfrosted Blueberry. Eh, just make a PB&J. 
Why would you want it unfrosted at all? I don't get I didn't didn't that's a terrible Mike, idea. Mike Giardi outed himself as a serial killer on one of our shows because I think he said that he likes unfrosted Pop Tarts too. That's weird. Yeah, well. And he is too. Good point. Yeah, but he also stays very fit and handsome. I was gonna so say, but he's also show. like my body is a temple kind of guy, and you're eating Pop Tarts any level. Oh, is that one of those things where if it's not frosted, it's like it's the healthier version? <laughs> I had eggnog, but I cut it with a little milk, so it's not as bad for me. Yeah, I had a I had a Sunday, but I eschewed the hot fudge. Okay, so you still had a here. giant bowl of bleep off. I don't care exactly. what you, you put lettuce on, it's still a pop tart. And coming in just under an hour, three great segments, two knucklehead hosts, one awesome podcast. Thank you guys for listening to Six Rings and Football Things. We really appreciate all your mailbag questions you funneled into at Jumbo Heart, at Six Rings Pod, and at Fitzy GFY. Keep the questions coming. Starting next week, you'll have a heavy and regular dose of Andy and Fitzy on the broadcast waves as we take turns filling in for Andy Gresh on the midday program with our buddy and resident bozo Christian Fourier. Oh. You'll also have, oh, come on, it's just fun. We're busting footballs here, people. Uh, we'll have some Six Rings and Football Things pods and the debut of Six Rings and Prospect Things where Hart and Shime, two-thirds of the radio Voltron that is Shartsy, We'll be bringing you regular positional breakdowns of prospects you need to get familiar with in the upcoming NFL draft. Great job, as always, producer Justin Turpin. Brought to you by WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. For Fitzy, for Hart, this is Six Rings and Football Things. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Good day. God bless. And as always, go Pats. See